Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 23 of the Attack in the Championship podcast. My name's Tom Butterfield. I'll be your host. And let me welcome our resident guest. He's a certified data analyst, a scout, FA licensed coach and intermediary, David Bromley. How are you, mate? I'm very well, Tom. Thanks very much. Now the um, now all the sort of toing and froings pretty much over of the the window. So we thought we'd start today's episode with just a general look at the window, didn't we? From from all clubs and compare that to to previous uh, years. So what did we what did we find from there, David? A little bit less active than usual. There were 78 players coming into championship clubs and 105 leaving. It's not unusual in the sense that, you know, last year there were 87 coming in, 137 leaving. The year before, there were 92 coming in, 147 leaving. So it's quite common to see more leaving than coming in. Mm -hmm. Um, But the numbers were down a bit. You know, it's only 78 coming in as opposed to 87 and 92 and 101 the year before that. But the average spend per arrival was 411,000, which is higher than we've seen. We've, we've got a little chart here just showing the last four windows, including this. Um, and it's the highest spend per incoming transaction that we've seen in that yeah. period. So, yeah, although there were fewer, but um, on average, they, they were a little bit higher in, in size. And then of the players who left, a similar sort of turnover really was the average at 408,000 for per player who left, mm-hmm. which again was 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 high really in comparison with previous yeah. years. Um, so yeah, I mean a bit light, I suppose. Tons of loans as you, we've come to expect really, yeah, particularly from from the winter window. But I suppose you'd say, you know, the two standout transactions were players leaving weren't they yeah absolutely so, yeah, so we were. had um had adam wharton leaving blackburn uh-huh. for crystal palace for we certainly uh, 20 odd million yeah certainly bought that average uh departure spend up didn't he yeah his, uh, like you said that 20 odd million yeah. transfer fee there and then eventually morgan rogers making his move from middlesbrough to um aston villa mm. i think it was about eight point something yeah um, yes. So again, those two players alone accounted for knocking on the door thirty million, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And in big... total, if you look, we've we've got another little chart. No doubt you'll make these available. Um, yeah. And our other little simple chart really is just showing the total expenditure and total income. Total income forty three million. Mm. You know, so that's you know two thirds of yeah. So of that the was sixty percent of the total. Well, yeah. Total amount, yeah. Yeah. So that's, um, that's a big percentage, isn't it, from two players? It is, yeah. 32 coming in, 43 going out. Uh-huh. And then previous years, last year was 34 in and 34 out. Right. And then the year before, 29 going out and 16 coming in. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit of a spend up, which was um, the opposite of the 2021 transfer, uh, January window, where only 9 million was spent and 47 million came in yeah. but that was i think that's all been related to the covid situation sure. so yeah teams needed to raise capital didn't they yeah so i don't know it's you know a bit more coming in than than perhaps you'd have expected but as you say been influenced by those two transactions yeah lots of loans a few clubs spending a couple of million here and a couple of million there um nobody really kind of you know, splashing the cash, as it were, is it was there particularly? Not really, um, no. Like you but said, some, the two, some, yeah, yeah. The two biggest ones were going out, weren't they? Yeah, there were some good ones, some some interesting deals there for sure. Yeah, there were. I mean, another one going out was um, Alcaraz going out from Southampton to Juventus on loan, and I think they got a loan fee of about nearly, well, probably three and a half million for that. You know, what a good player. I mean, in the, in the Premier League, he was certainly well up for the Premier League, wasn't he? Yeah. And they loved him there, I think. But he didn't really, it was one of those where you thought, well, he's going to find this a stroll, but I don't think he really caught fire. It might be to do with the style of play in this mm-hmm. in the champ. Or, yeah. you know, I think the truth of the matter sometimes, Tom, is that players just 
they can't kind of find the motivation in the same way. Once you've tasted that Premier League, you know, it is a bit, it can be, I think, a little bit of an anticlimax for some players. Sure. Um, I'm not saying that was it, but he didn't rip it up the way perhaps people thought he might. We've talked a bit about that before, haven't we? And we've seen it with clubs that, you know, have come down where the squad, you look at the quality of the squad, Stoke were a good example, mm-hmm. and the money spent on them. And, you know, purely from that perspective, you thought, well, they're going to be a head and shoulders above, but they just don't seem to no. manage to turn it on. Talking about players who maybe didn't want to play, one particular player did move, didn't they, from from Sunderland to Birmingham? Yeah. Do you think that's just complete coincidence that... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it would be... Uh, it would, it, it wouldn't be a stretch of the imagination to assume that there had been some conversations going on. You're talking about Pritchard, of course. Of course, yeah, um, yeah Pritchard. But I'm, I'm sure, like you say, it is just coincidence that he didn't want to play for Sunderland and just happens to sign for the club where his ex-Sunderland manager was, yeah. was there. That is, I mean, coincidences yeah. like that happen, right? <laughs> well, so we could led to believe, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a loss to them. Because he's been yeah. a good player, mm. you yeah. know. It hasn't he's been a bit sort of stop start, I think, for him, but over the years. Mm. But he's a real quality player, isn't he? I think as well in in that the squad profile of Sunderland, they tend to prefer to sign young players, don't they? Mm. So to have a player there with experience who's played in the Premier League and has uh, has played at Sunderland for a long time, I think that's. You you can't really put a price on that sort of experience, can you? Especially if you're lacking it in your in your squad. You're right about their profile, and they obviously their their business model, if you like, is is well, it's the zeitgeist. It's you know all the all the sort of forward thinking clubs, I suppose, are looking at well, we're building a squad, and we're we're looking at trying to bring players in who've got value, not only are going to be able to give us a few seasons. But they've got a high ceiling, so you know if they kick on in in a, se- a season or two, who knows what they could be worth? And they're a good a, a good asset to trade. And you know he do- he doesn't fit that model, does he? So you know no. probably you guess that that's really where the difficulties were with with the contract there. Uh, you know they didn't see him as good a footballer as he, he undoubtedly is. He's not part of that thinking, is he? So. You know. No, it's interesting. How sticking with Sunderland for just a moment, mm. there've been some talk sort of earlier in January about Joe Bellingham uh, moving on. Yeah. Uh, how serious do you think that the chat was that Real Madrid were were looking at him? <laughs> I don't know. Quite possibly not all that serious. Uh huh. You know, probably. It seemed a stretch. Yeah, I mean, again, he's so young, though, Tom, you know? Yeah. You know, it's one of those. What What's the risk? If you're a big club, here's the other thing that happens, is if you're a big club and you you take, uh, you take make a move on a young player who is all potential, hmm. you know, and somebody who's sort of 18 years old is all potential, doesn't matter what, because they don't, they simply haven't had long enough to build, to have built up the experience and and to have established themselves. So what they are is potential. And if a big club comes in for them, part of their thinking is, well, look, even if they don't cut it here, if they do, then fantastic, because we've got a real solid asset, you know, with many years and we're going to make money, good money on them or they're going to do great for us. But if, if they don't, the fact that we've come in does a kind of, it seems to assign a certain value to players, you know, because it's Real Madrid signed somebody or, you know, Liverpool or somebody in the in the Premier League signed somebody. When he even if they don't make it, when they move on, they're still considered to be a strong player and they're going to get decent money. So they're probably not going to lose their money on them, depending on how they structure the deal. You know, if they say to to the club, look, we'll give you this amount now, it's a fairly safe figure. But if they play this many games, we'll give you that, and you've got some sell on if we if the player moves on to other clubs, and then the player's head's possibly been turned, so he wants to go. So the the selling club aren't in a strong position, and they mm-hmm. take the deal. Um, 
and th- there's not that much risk, is there? And so you can see why bigger clubs, some of them, go around hoovering up anybody who shows the slightest bit of promise. And of course, you know, there's always the there's always the um, the family. You know, you can look at that that as a potential template and say, well, his brother's not bad. You know, if he's if he's anything like his brother, so yeah, there could yeah. it could have been. It wouldn't have been a massive risk to them, probably. And and it may well have kept their big asset happier as well. Well, it could it? have been. You know, yeah, so you, you never there's know. There's that too. Yeah, I was listening to. Or not, by the way. Yeah, true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't always work that way. I was listening to a, um, I think it's a podcast or watching a video about when Leeds signed, uh, was it Phil Masinga, Philemon Masinga, and Lucas Radebi. Yeah, and apparently they they wanted to sign Masinga, but they just literally threw Radebi into the deal just to keep Masinga happy. Oh, really? And it was like, no, we don't really want this guy, but, you know, that's fine. If it's going to keep our main guy happy and he's going to sign for us, then sure, we'll, we'll have him. And he was literally like peanuts in the deal, basically. Yeah. And, of course, and mate, had that big role reversal, didn't you? Yeah, Where I was going to say, yeah. Absolute legend for him. And Masinga was, he was an okay yeah. player, but certainly not at the level uh, Redeem nah. was. I mean, I, I would say he was you know, one of the stronger Premier League uh, yeah, defenders in that time. So, He'd be the one you'd remember of the two, yeah, wouldn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's funny that. So, shall we have a look at the the individual teams now, David? If you've listened to the pod before, you'll know we talked about we were always talking about the the team's expected positions. In this particular case, we've we took the Opta computer as our sort of marker. We we we've. All the way through the piece this season, we're, we've been looking at, look, where did, where would they have expected to have finished and where are they um, in a kind of hypothetical league table for the important attacking metrics, the ones that are the most closely correlated with, historically, with high finishes in the league. What we're looking at here are just the attacking players for every team in the league, we've got to a position, and we we keep this up to date, where our three-player roles, which is another thing we introduced, the striker, the chance creator, and the attacking support player, are kind of related to these headline metrics, things like goals scored, goal-creating actions, expected goals, shots on target, that kind of thing. If a team's doing really badly in one or more of those areas, it leads you to a, um, a kind of conclusion that, well, maybe they're, maybe they're deficient in with these player roles or maybe they could do with this or they could do with that. So we've, we've led to, that's led us for every team to have a view of what we think they might have needed to do when they had the opportunity, i.e. when the transfer window came along. So for every team, we've got this. And what we thought we'd do is we thought we'd try and sort of go through them and match or compare what we thought they needed to do with what they actually did. The top four, Leicester, Ipswich, Southampton and Leeds, maybe not surprisingly, don't really need anything according to our little algorithm. It's not, it's it's sort of saying, look, that where they are for these different metrics is pretty much where they would have expected to be. So, and I guess you could say, well, yeah, that's not particularly surprising. If we're top of the league, if Leicester, take Leicester, we're top of the league. Um, so, you know, even if we were expected to be top of the league, and I think the Opta computer put them at second, yeah, not maybe not an awful lot needs to be done. And in fact, when you look at it, they only, they only made one change, didn't they? So... Cassaday, who we class as an attacking support player, has gone, uh, but they haven't brought anybody in and they haven't moved anybody else out. So, yeah, I guess you might say, well, Leicester behaved the way we might have expected. And then moving down Ipswich, although we didn't think they necessarily needed to do anything, that was based on us probably ought to make this clear. They're in second. The Opta computer had them in 18th, would you believe? Wow. Now, what that does, and I, I was kind of, you know, umming and ahhing about this a bit, but I didn't want to interfere with the the integrity of the process, as you might call it. 
I didn't want to say, well, no, I think they should have been higher because the fact is that's where it put them at the beginning of the season before a ball was kicked. So I've kind of kept it there. Now, what that's done is it said, well, because they're so their 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 achievements are so far above what would have been expected, they don't need to do anything. Now, I think to be fair, they're second in the league. Even the most optimistic Ipswich fan probably didn't think they were going to be second. Mm-hmm. So it probably holds true, really, doesn't it? But they have done they've done some things and and some fairly sort of interesting things, haven't they? So they brought a couple of strikers in. They brought Al Hamadi in from Wimbledon. He was of interest to a few clubs, wasn't he? Goal scorer. Yeah. Be interesting to see how things play out for him. 13 goals, six assists for in 23 games. So, you know. Pretty impressive, isn't it? A, a somebody's going to. Like that as well. That's, yeah, exactly. Well, it goes, goes back to what we were saying, really. What is the risk, really, Tom? Mm, yeah. I mean, I don't know what, what did, I don't know what they paid. Um, one point, about one million. Um, now, whether, you know, again, you never know how these things are structured because they'll disclose what they want to disclose, the two parties. But um, so, you know, what was the what was the deal there with with things like add-ons and, you know, game after a certain number of games and everything? It could have been, you know, considerably more attractive than that. Mm-hmm. But also you get a situation where, like I said earlier, I don't want to say he's had his head turned, but they want to go if they get an opportunity. Um, and so, you know, perhaps the Wimbledon thought, because, you know, you, t- you tend to think million quid's not a lot. But the other thing is he scored 13 goals in League Two. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be the one to say he's not going to do that in the champ because I have no reason to say that. But there will be some scepticism from some quarters, wouldn't there? Sure. But that, I think that's an exciting signing. I think the, the fans would be pleased with that. Yeah, I, I think he's a very easy lad to get behind, isn't he? Yeah, you know, like I say, with with his his backstory and and the way he scores, you know, he scores a lot of goals and and you know a million pound for a guy, you know, if, if you have a a centre forward who scores, say, you know, fifteen goals every season, yeah, a million quid ain't ain't much, is it? No, no that's a it's bargain. not a big risk, is it? Not a no. big risk, and no. so I, I I think that's a good move. Somebody was going to take him. Mm. You felt sure, didn't you? Really? Yeah. Um, and it'll be really interesting, I think, to see what 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 transpires, won't it? And they brought Kiefer Moore in. Yeah. I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. They interestingly, Ipswich had three strikers leave. Hmm. They had Tete Yengi, Freddie Ladapo, and Dane Scala all leave. Um, so, you know, two in, three out as far as strikers are concerned. So there's been a bit of movement there. Sure. And then chance creators, we they brought in Jeremy Sarmiento from Brighton. Mm-hmm. I know he, he went on he went on loan to um West Brom, didn't he? He wasn't bad at West Brom, but it didn't it mm-hmm. didn't maybe didn't kind of work out. He didn't play as much perhaps as Brighton were hoping and mm-hmm. things didn't work out quite as 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 well as perhaps West Brom had hoped. But so he, he maybe just plays a bit more there. Maybe the, the style of play is a little bit more suitable for him. I don't know, but we'll have to wait and see. And they've lost Kyle Edwards, who's, you know, as a, a chance creator we class as. So, because I think maybe, again, things haven't been great recently for them. It's been no. a great season, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not trying to decry the work they've done and what they've achieved so far. But in the last few games, you know, that it's been a bit sort of the momentum's drifted a little bit. So they need to, yeah, they need to try and recapture some of that. Yeah, I think that's the key word, isn't it? Momentum. Because if you were to say, is the arrow pointing up or down for Ipswich at the moment? I think you would say that it's probably pointing down considering what a great season you know, what a great start to the season they've had. It, it does seem to be stuttering a bit. And even yeah. though they made a lot of changes for that Maidstone game, it still has an effect, I think, yeah, on the, I think on the squad as a whole. Yeah. Because they now, definitely would they definitely weren't looking to lose that game. No, no. For, for de- I mean and, and to be honest with you, on another day, 
they yeah. might have scored five or six. You know, they had so many shots on on goal, didn't they? Mason yeah. had two, and that I can remember watching the game when they scored two, and they took them really, really well. Yeah, I'm certainly not saying they didn't deserve to to win because you've you've just got to do you do what you can, haven't you? But yeah, uh, I think when yeah. you when you have a result like that. I think that does permeate through the whole squad because all of a sudden, you know, does the manager trust those fringe players quite so much as he did before? Yeah. Um, you know, does that put more pressure on the on the first eleven players to to perform because they know that they can't be rotated in and out? And and also those players who haven't performed or or, or did lose that game, their morale is going to be shot to bits. And does yeah. that affect the the mood of training, intensity of training as well? It's it has quite a knock on, doesn't it? Potentially anyway. You can't you can't just say oh it's the FA Cup and it's a one off it doesn't make any difference. No, that's that's the state of mind you want to try to portray. Sure, even inside the club as well as outside, don't yeah. you? But because once it's gone, it's gone. There's no yeah. there's no value aside from what you can learn. There's no value in just dwelling on the the doom and gloom. So you want you want to be able to say right that's done. Absolutely. We draw a line under it. But yeah, I I think you, you're right. I think it. It's it doesn't it's not as easy as that. No, pride sticks around for a while, doesn't it? Egos yeah. egos get bruised in in games like that. That's for sure. They do. Southampton with a third of the four teams we said we with top four. We didn't really think they needed to do much. They've brought David Brooks in. He's a player I like personally, but yeah, um, you know, again, it's um, I think he's he's got real quality. They brought Joe Rothwell in. Another. You know, solid performer mm-hmm. on loan. You know, some of these players I'm calling attacking support players. They may not necessarily be because because they haven't played games yet in this division. We haven't got much to sort of go on as to where they're going to fit in and what they're going to be asked to do. But we've got him in there as an attacking support player. But yeah, I mean, he's undoubtedly got quality in these. And Southampton, a team where their arrow is most definitely pointing upwards, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Then they brought in Diallo, Usamane Diallo, another sort of central midfield player from Porto's sort of second team. So yeah, I mean, he's going to have quality in there. You know that he's he's going to he can play if he's there. Um, young lad, nineteen years old. What? How much he'll feature? I don't know. See and he as gets we on on a wet, windy night in Stoke, yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> and then we've already touched on Alcaraz going out, haven't we? On loan. Yes. Talking of teams where the arrow seems to be pointing upwards, Hull uh, mm. City have got quite a lot of attention for for the business they've done in the window. Well, they're another team who we didn't think needed to do anything because. <laughs> yeah. You know, okay, they're eighth, but their yeah. expected position was seventeenth. So again, they're 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 doing very well relative to expectations. Mm. Now, so only on that basis we didn't feel they really needed to do much. But they've done a few things, haven't they? Brought Billy Sharp in. Yeah. He strikes me as the sort of guy that is a good person to have around. Yes. Uh, a good guy to have around your club. No, very, very experienced. Seems like a real solid character. Yeah. Uh, and maybe someone that, yes, he might do something on the pitch, but he also might uh, fortify things off the pitch as well and, and get people, you know, playing to a certain standard. Yeah. Uh, well, absolutely. Tons of experience, good pro, you know, knows where the goal is. Yeah. So sure. you, you can never rule out. Some a player like that, you know, coming in and and doing a job for you. So yeah, I think it's, it's I can understand. I was all, I was expecting somebody to do that one. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I think they'd be happy enough. And I think um, with with the other guys that they've brought in, you know, you've got Carvalho there, who we know yeah. is is quality, and Zaruri yes. as well, who who was excellent in the in the championship last year. Billy Sharp isn't necessarily going to need to be doing a lot of running out wide, you know, into the channels, is he? He could well be just a guy who old-fashioned gets on the end of stuff from from those yeah. sorts of guys on in the crosses and through balls and and he's yeah. just looking to be there as a finisher, couldn't he? I'd imagine that is what they're hoping, yeah. Mm. They've they've brought in this guy Noah Ohio from the um from Standard Liège. 
uh-huh. um, who again, you know, looks kind of quite exciting. I can't say I know anything about him. No, but, was it um, RB um, Leipzig? And they tend to pick a player fairly well. Yeah, they? I do. From there to Liège. Yeah, so again, he's another one that somebody's, you know, had a look at and hmm. thought can do something. So that, that's the sort of player who's quite in, exciting to see, hmm. you know, what what can they do? And and Hull have got something about them this year, haven't they? Yeah, I, mean, I think we both said quite early on in the season that we quite liked the look of them last season yeah. and how they're playing. And, and I do think that they've got one of the most promising managers I suppose, yes. in, in the league. And I think that might be a, a big reason why players are kind of quite keen to go because mm. to go there because he's progressive. You know, I yeah. think he'll talk well to them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it looks good. And it could be their only chance of keeping him. Uh, be, yeah. I'm sure there'd be some other clubs looking to looking to move him on if they don't yeah. make it to the Premier League this year. So maybe it's it's a yeah. now or bust for Hull. They know they've got a good thing and they want to keep holding May well be. Scott Twine obviously is gone from Hull. So, you know, it was a disappointment, really. He, I'm not saying he was a disappointment. It was a disappointment that he didn't kind of do what they were all hoping that he could yeah. do and would do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, their loss is Bristol City's gain, isn't it? So sure. um, he's a good player. I mean, he's going to yeah, do, he will do well. It's just, you know, he hasn't, he's been a bit unlucky with injury and stuff, but. Um, yeah, he's got good quality. So Leeds are the f- team in fourth again. Another team we didn't really feel that they needed much, and all they've actually done is um, just lost a player in mm. Giabi, mm-hmm. who's gone to Plymouth. You know, attacking support player. I think you know there's been some talk of various players. You know that they've been interested in bringing in. So yeah, so Leeds attacking wise haven't really, you know, made any moves. West Brom are in fifth now. West Brom, we felt they definitely did need to do something as far as their, you know, as as far as their numbers are concerned, and we actually felt they they needed one of each, didn't we? Yeah, we felt they needed right. a striker, a chance creator, and an attacking support player. And what they've done is they've brought in a striker in the name of Callum Marshall, um, a young lad from West Ham. I mean, I hear kind of good things about him. He's 19 years old, you know, hasn't actually had the opportunity really to do much. I think he did play, he made a couple of appearances. (laughs) I probably shouldn't say this. He played in the FA Cup defeat to Bristol City for West Ham. (laughs) Right. But, yeah, only 10 minutes. So he's just a... Yeah, we don't know, really. They've brought him in as a striker. They've brought Vyman in, and they've brought Mikey Johnston in from Celtic. Mm-hmm. So Vyman's a player, look, again, he's another one that everybody knows, you know, got good quality. It's been, he's got good experience. Probably, again, like you say, a good guy to have around. Yeah. Um, and I think can do a job for them, mm-hmm. um, which they need doing. Mikey Johnston, I don't know much about. He's been with Celtic quite a long time because um, he's not he's not that what's he's twenty four and he's been with Celtic I think like several years. Well, he came up through the youth team, but he hasn't really played a lot for him. So a, a left winger. I mean, they've lost Matt Phillips on the left. It was a mm. big been a big loss to him. Yeah, um, and they've tried one or two times to try you know to bring players in who can do a job in that position. So I don't know. Will he can he do something there? Hopefully for them. Yeah. So that's that's what they've done. And we all know that it's been difficult for them because of the situation the club are in and you know the financial restrictions that they've got. So um I guess, you know, they've done something. Hmm. In fact, yeah, I think they've done more than they did in the summer, actually. Yeah, they have. <laughs> in yeah, pure numbers. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, so let's see. Um, another team that, as as per Southampton, who really hit the traps, Coventry. You know, it's again, it seems a bit ironic for us to say this. We reckon they need one of each. Okay? <laughs> um, even though they have really kicked on in the last few games, yeah. haven't they? Yeah, but just they their, their overall numbers... 
in these areas, which will have included quite a lot of the earlier, slightly disappointing um, games, you know, where they didn't really do what had been hoped. And, and we know they did bring players in in the summer, um, but the likes of Hadji Wright, you know, I think had lots of chances, didn't really put them away. Um, it was a little bit frustrating for them, and that led to them being a little bit underwhelmed, I think, by their position. And so they, I think they would have thought they needed to do something. And, I mean, they brought Victor Torp in, didn't they, fairly early in the window. That's right, yeah. And he came in and got that great goal. Scored an absolute belt on uh, Yeah. And it's Victor done... Torp, by the way, for anyone who hasn't, if you go back and, and listen to the, the episode where we're talking about hypothetically what would happen if, Bellingham if they'd been sold who would be appropriate players to come in Victor Torp was on our list wasn't he he was on our list yeah I'm caught Um, yeah he was playing for Sarpsborg 08 yeah we were talking about him I remember before we really knew anything about him yeah to speak that's it it's um so it's interesting to see him actually come in and and uh yeah score a decent goal yeah so that's their bit of business that they've done Sunderland they've done a little bit in and out so they brought we already said they've um they've lost Alex Pritchard they've moved on Jack Diamond another chance creator and Dewis and Bennett um who you know is a young lad and you know, so I guess he's kind of been looked they've looked at that as go and get some some experience mm-hmm. brought in Callum Styles, who you know is going to be, I think, quite a solid performer for them. Mm-hmm. Um, from Barnsley and Remain Mundell, they brought in. I don't yeah. know if he's if he's I a name that you about. know much about. No, I don't know much about. Again, from Liège. Yeah, so another another young lad. Yeah, um, certainly seems to be some players coming from uh, from Belgium. Was at Spurs um, as a youngster. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was at Spurs. So uh, again, so, I think it's another one of them. You know, let's see if he can sort of fight his way in. Really. So we already looked at Hull. We didn't think they needed to particularly to do much, but they have done. And another team that we didn't particularly think needed to do much was Norwich, and they've they've done a bit too. Yeah. Not least bringing in the son of Pierre Van Hoydonk. Yeah. Sydney Van Hoydonk from Bologna. It'll be uh, tough to knock off the ball at about six foot four. That's right. Yeah. So um, yeah, they might do all right. Adam Eder's gone. Not sure if that was their decision. I wouldn't have thought so. No, I wouldn't um, have thought so. He's gone on loan to Celtic. Well, I suppose it might have been. But mm. Yeah. Um, they're not easy to find strikers, you know. So No. Um, they've got two that have left. The one was Huang, who's, you know, probably seen his best days. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ida. And they brought Van Hoydonk in. So let's see how that plays out for them. Watford, they've brought in Emmanuel Dennis from Forest. Was he on loan at, at Forest? Well, no, they sold him to Forest. Oh, okay. And he's come back in. And then, he's, then he went to Turkey on loan. And then back to Forest, and now they've loaned him back to Watford. The Reese Healy experiment didn't didn't really work, did it? Not too much. But I think he's. No. We saw Reese Healy, didn't we? Saw his numbers, and he was extremely effective when he was on the pitch. But he just wasn't on the pitch very much, was he? No. And Imran Loser, who actually started like a house on fire, I think. Yeah, he did. And then it, I gone. think he picked up an injury, didn't he? And it, it didn't quite get going from there. He was at Nantes. And then he went to Watford for quite a bit of money, you know, mm-hmm. eight, nine million or something. Right. Now they've loaned him to Lorient. Yeah. Um, 
I'm sort of a bit surprised, but then I'm never that surprised with Watford, anything they do. You never know what this, what's going to happen, no, do you really? not really. So um, I don't know. I mean, it's not like they've brought players in, all that many attacking players in, and they're, they're just trying to shift some out because they haven't really done much, have they, other than Dennis? Plymouth have signed some interesting interesting players, haven't they? Yeah, they I, I like the I like the lad from from Spurs, Alfie Devine. He he sounded like he was getting really good reports from Port Vale, where he was right. On. Uh, and I know he's very well thought of at, at Tottenham. So, uh, and and I think he played very well in his first game for for Plymouth. So he may well be the sort of guy who's going to come in and pick up from from Finners as pick up that role. Yeah. Well, they do need something, don't they? Because mm. he's been really good, hasn't he, for them? Yeah, and they lost. Uh, was it Cundall they lost as well? Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Um, they would have been... We talked about them a couple of weeks ago, I think, didn't we? And That's right. In a bit more detail, but yeah. they've been they've been good good players for them. But, yeah. you know, when I suppose, you know, when you're relying on lone players, that's the sort of thing that happens. You know, they do well for you. And then someone else says, oh, thanks, we'll take we'll, him. We'll take him. Thanks very much. Um, yeah. So they've taken Giabi from Leeds mm-hmm. and taken in Adam Forshaw as well um, on a free. We see coming to the end of well, the twilight of his career, perhaps you could say. Yeah. And again, maybe it's a, a, like a, a Billy Sharp where they just – They've got some young guys in. They've bought Giabi in who's young. They've bought Alfie Devine in who's young. So yeah. maybe they need a bit of experience just to keep the group pointing in the right direction, keep them, keep them doing the right things. Yeah. Middlesbrough, well, they did their business with Finn Azaz quite early. And then obviously they've lost Morgan Rogers, which is seemingly always going to happen. It's yeah. just a question of where he was going to go. Well, he ended up going to Villa, didn't he? Um. So, yeah, I mean, a good player, you know, but I don't think they'd have been surprised. And I think you raised the, the question before, well, was Azaz sort of a, did they anticipate this? Brought Azaz in quite possibly. Who was obviously a Villa player. So, That's uh, it. So maybe that helped smooth negotiations yeah, over a little bit. Maybe it did. Maybe it did. Bristol City have done a, a bit. Brought We mentioned Scott Twine bringing him in. Yeah, I think I think that's a you know interesting one. Yeah, I think they'll be pleased with that. Um, they brought a lad in from Aldershot. Yeah, young nineteen-year-old lad. He's Stokes. Josh good. Stokes. They loaned um, him back out again. I think. Didn't yeah, they, I think away. so. Yeah, but um, but no, he looks he looks like he's done pretty well. He's and, actually uh, not been at the club very long. I think he signed out of non-league at the beginning of the season. Right, and uh, he's already. Already been snapped up by, by Bristol City, so he's he's done really well. Incidentally, I was watching um, Alex Scott last night, who obviously left Bristol City for uh, God, and it's gone out. I was only last night. I was watching it. Yeah. I was watching him against West Ham. What a good player he is! Yeah, he's a cracking player, isn't he? Yeah, I'm anyway. surprised that someone else didn't take a shot at him. To be honest with you, yeah, yeah. Swansea done a bit, brought four, four, well, what we would call chance creators in, mm-hmm. and we'd felt they needed to, didn't we? I don't know if how that will play out for them. They've brought a Brazilian Ronald in, some wide right player. Can't tell you much about him, I'm afraid. So yeah, another couple of of kind of winger, a winger by the name of Charles Sago Jr. Who again, you know, it's not a player I know well, no, or at all. To be no, fair, no, I'm I'm in the same boat. And you can man. you can uh, pronounce the other winger they've brought in, the Polish no, no. lad. I might be right with this one. Pretty good, Primoslav Plasheta. Good, well done. Lovely faith in you there. Yeah. <laughs> so those years of watching Eurosport as oh, a kid, you see, <laughs> I knew it'd pay off. Yeah, you knew they weren't wasted. Well, so it's been, it's been, it's been, you know, around a bit in the last few years around the the champ, Norwich, mm-hmm. Birmingham. So yeah, do something a known, for a known commodity for sure. So Millwall, I thought Millwall done well in bringing in Michael Oberfemi. 
Yeah. I would say if there's any type of player that Millwall have generally struggled to have, it's a, a striker over yeah. the last few years. I think they've had good midfield players. Yeah. So they've got decent attacking support players, decent chance creators, but they've not had someone there to sort of really get on the end of things and finish stuff off. And I think Oberfemi might do a good job for them. Yeah. I mean, I think I was quite, I think they, again, I think they'd be quite pleased to see that. I think they needed it. When you look so, at uh, you, you look at, and this probably tells you the the financial situation of things at, at West Brom, where the one player that you'd have said looking at their squad they definitely need would be a striker. Yeah, and you'd have thought that Oberfemi would be, if not an upgrade on Thomas Asante or DK, he'd be pretty close, wouldn't he? I thought exactly the same thing. I and I, I think must you'd, admit you'd much rather, as a West Brom fan, see someone who's had football league experience coming into Legia line than a 19-year-old unknown from, from West Ham. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, for whatever reason. Mm. I mean, not being disrespectful, but, you know, if you're being outbid by Millwall, you know, it's, well... Doesn't look great, does it? Doesn't look great for, for West Brom. And I don't mean that, no. you know, in a, in a, you know, being disrespectful to Millwall, but... No, I, th- I think um, purely from the the league positions, you could yeah. look at it and say. I think the player would, the player probably would rather play for a team that's got a shot at the playoffs. The offer obviously didn't come in or or wasn't wasn't no. up to scratch. So I mean, moving down a little bit to see who's done something. Stoke have done a bit, haven't they? Um, again, we felt felt they needed to bring in a striker and a chance creator, and they've done it. Niall Ennis uh, has gone in there as a sort of obviously as a as a striker they've got do you know million manhoof i've heard the name but i can't tell you where i've heard that from from vitesse so again he's got quite a i think they think quite a bit of him you know and he's he's played a bit so in that in the top division so he's a winger gone to stoke on loan i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. Dwight Gale's finally left <laughs> and they brought Ennis in. So, um, yeah, they're, they're trying to do a little bit. I mean, it's it's been, again, rather stop-start for them. And it, that, I, I thought yeah. at one point they seemed to be getting it together, but, yeah, might have to be next season. They brought, <laughs> Luke, Cundle, they brought Luke Cundle in, and another good player. So, But is it going to be, I don't know if it's going to be able to do much this year now. Realistically, yeah, I, I think if if you're a Stoke fan, I would imagine that you just want to see some kind of shoots of improvement, don't you? Some sort of yeah. consistency, keeping the manager in in place. See some of the new signings start to bed in and have have some sort of style of play that you can you can get behind, I suppose, and, and yeah. look forward for next season. Because right now it's it's not looking great, is it? No. Huddersfield, your man Reese Healy's gone in there. They've also brought in another striker, Radulovic mm-hmm. from Helsinki. So, yeah, they've recognised the need there. And Alex Matos as a kind of attacking midfielder. Yeah, he's coming from Young Chelsea. Young lad from Chelsea. So, again, you know, it's one of those. Can he do a, can he do a Conor Gallagher or something? Yeah, that's it. Uh, coming That's and make a difference. Ugbo's gone in at Sheffield Wednesday. Probably a good move for them. Yeah, yeah, Nothing. for sure. Um, you know, knows the knows the division a bit. Um, they're seeming to sort of put together a bit of a better run, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, picking up some uh, picking up some results. So, who do you reckon's had the best window out of that lot, Tom? <sighs> I think the, the best window, I, I think generally people have been saying Hull City have had yeah. the best window. And I think have, I getting Carvalho, Zer, Carvalho and Zeruri in, I think they're yeah. two potentially real quality players yeah. to, to uh, create chances. And then having someone experienced like Billy Sharp, even if he doesn't play that much, just being around the club yeah. can't be a bad thing. No. Um but I also like, um, again, I've got a little bit of a soft spot for, for Plymouth because 
I kind of like the way that the club is run, but having yeah. lost Finazaz and, and losing Luke Cundall, you you could have had a bit of a panic up and said, oh, you know, what are they going to do from here? You know, that's kind of the heart of their team has been ripped out. But it's a really good move to get someone like Alfie Devine, who's known very well by the manager, having been uh, ex sort of youth uh, manager for, for for England. He knows Devine really well. Yeah. So um, so yeah, I think that's it's obviously someone he trusts and he'll know how to get the best from him uh, with, within their system. Yeah. And, and getting Giabi in as well, you know, he might, he might well come in and, and take over Cundall's role there. You know, they put yeah. them down as a similar, uh, similar role of player. Yeah. So uh, you, you could have your two ready-made replacements there. Good shout. I think that, I think that they're a team that right from the start, mm-hmm. you've kind of wanted to keep an eye on, haven't they? Yeah. They've, they've, they've Tried to play in the in well, what is the right way? But they've tried to play a certain brand of football that mm-hmm. gets at least gets the neutrals watching. I like teams who seem to have that structure and that identity of this is what we're about. Yeah, I do. Now they've got that clear sort of footprint of this is this is what Plymouth are right now. Yeah, uh, and this is what we're trying to build. And I. I you know, we like that, don't we? We like teams yeah. with with that sort of mentality and and that organisation. So, I like to see teams like that win, basically, and and progress and and push forwards because you hope then that it gives the other teams that kick up the ass to say, well, maybe we should be and then yeah. getting stuff together. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, actually, I would I would agree with both of those. I think they're both interesting. I think I'd also mention Ipswich, mm-hmm. who I think with Al Hamadi, you know, he's going to be an interesting one to watch. Mm-hmm. And and even Sarmiento that, you know, maybe if you've watched him much, you might think, mm, I don't know if he's going to do it. But I think maybe just it'll be interesting to watch him in a different style. Yeah. And then I'd also pick out Bristol City because mm-hmm. I, I think Twine's a good signing for them. They found their feet a little bit. And I just think it, it could be an interesting one to keep a, a tabs on that too. Yeah, for sure. Who's Few. who's a player who you think will really hit the ground running and take the championship by storm for the rest of the season, David? If you had to pick one player, from what who those, hasn't already, or somebody who? Yeah, some, someone like, who's someone who's moved. So someone from the the players that we've talked about today. Well, I'd go on. I'd go for Scott Twine because I uh-huh. I think he's already scored one at least for Bristol mm-hmm. City. And I just sort of fancy, yeah, that he could do well there. So I'll probably pick him out. I think. How about you? Yeah, I, th- I think with with Twine, I think form is temporary and class is permanent, isn't it? We, yeah. We know that he's got the ability. Yeah. It just didn't quite work out for him there. But it's for me, it's only a matter of time. It's a numbers game yeah. for him, isn't it? He's going to catch fire at some point. I think so. I think a player that I'm really looking forward to seeing is Carvalho at, at Hull. Oh yeah. Uh, but another team that I mentioned is is seeing how um, Alfie Devine plays at, at Plymouth because I think yeah. he's a really good player, and, and yeah. I think he could be a a real asset for. Um, I look for forward to seeing that season. Of course, it'd be interesting to see if Pritchard does turn things around a little bit for yeah. Birmingham as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. And it's and how too- about a, how about a player that you? think may well flatter to deceive. <laughs> uh, thanks for that, Tom. That's all right, mate. Uh, I set myself up here for a fall. <laughs> Let's see. Smollett uh, isn't in the uh, list. No, so, uh, yeah. don't, don't even. <laughs> I've no real reason. I'm, you might think I'm copying out here, but I've no real reason to pick on anybody and say, uh-huh. I'm just trying to look and see why would I, you know what I mean? Why would I pick on yeah. somebody and say... See, the reason I asked you was because mm. I couldn't see one. Oh, really? <laughs> because I, yeah. I think I think because there's so many loan players and none of the fees are really very high, yeah. the, the risk on every move is, is pretty low, isn't it? So therefore, the, well, the is, return yeah. that you get from them... If they don't work out, they just go back to their parent club or it's been a very small fee, so... You know, it wasn't yeah. really a, a thing, but perhaps another one that I'm I'm looking forward to seeing is is Reece Healy at Huddersfield if he can get a run of games. Yeah, 
because uh, we we know that he didn't play very often for Watford, but when he did, he was usually pretty productive. Yeah. Uh, so it could be yeah, a good one. I've just spotted probably... another one as well that I'm, I could have picked out. Go for it, Victor Torp, of our course. friend. Yes, Victor Torp from Sarpsborg. Yeah. Well, that's that's good. Yeah, we can stay with. We can have four positives rather. Yeah, than I mean, if he, if, if you know, if his first goal is anything to go by, yeah, but yeah, there's actually I'm quite I'm quite excited to see how a number of them do, mm-hmm. as well as you know some of the clubs as well because. I don't know if I should mention this now, but next week mm-hmm. we thought we'd have a look at the rest of the season and try to establish from a sort of semi-scientific point of view who we think has got the sort of hardest final, what is it, about 40-odd percent, 35% of the season. Ah, good stuff. And it's who's got the, the last third. Yeah, so and might even be able to put together a sort of league table and go, well, look, According to some kind of process that we're running, yeah. we think this could turn out. We know it won't, by the sure. way, because it never does in this division. But I think it would be an interesting one to go, right, even though you might say after half the season everybody's played everybody, and that's mm-hmm. true, and you do get a measure of things from that, but not everybody's played everybody home and away. Yes, And we know some clubs are particularly good at home, mm-hmm. and some clubs are you know, better away than others. Yeah. And so if the teams that you've played at home have been teams that are, have been strong away, mm-hmm. you've done better than perhaps you might be considered, if that makes yeah. any sort of yeah, sense. Yeah, so absolutely. I mean, we are, I'm going to try and dig into that and, and put something together and say, well, look, you know, because it might reveal, you know, hopefully it will reveal something more than just, well, I think it will stay as it is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hopefully there might be some dark horses It'd in there. Be a there. nice short episode, David. Be very yeah. easy for the editors to. Yeah, to don't worry. Just it. it's just going to stay as it is. So you can, more of the same. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> but that but that be could be quite interesting. That sounds it? good. Everyone bring their betting slips along. David's mm, going to yeah. predict the end of the season. So that's uh, yeah, yeah. that's what you said, wasn't it? <laughs> Something like that, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Nice yeah. one. Okay, mate. Well, I think that brings. A very good end to episode 23. Thank you to everyone listening. And we'll see you next week for Attacking the Championship. See you soon. Bye-bye.